This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We go to the hotline and we welcome in our good friend, the Hall of Famer. He's also our senior Texans columnist at sportsradio610.com and gallerysports.com. John McClain joining us. John, how are we doing this morning? I'm doing great, guys. Hope you are as well. We're doing awesome, John. We just got done talking about some of this quarterback news. Um, let's start with Aaron Rodgers. What do you what do you make of Jets officials flying to California to meet with Rodgers? They've had multiple meetings with Rodgers this week. How are you handicapping this Aaron Rodgers thing right now? I think that he's gone from the Packers, and I think for the owner, Woody Johnson, to get involved, they must have worked out the parameters of the trade. Everybody said it was going to be two number one picks. And it's interesting. They've got to go to Rodgers. Rodgers can't come to them. And um, so I'm guessing he's going to go there. You know, the fans and the media have been pushing it like crazy to try to get him there and go for the gold these next two or three years. And uh, I can't wait to see him playing up there because his uh, eccentricities uh, since he's been with the Packers I don't think will play the same way in New York. And I think he'll lead it up because it's pretty obvious he loves attention. He does love attention while claiming that he hates the attention. Um, yeah. But he gets a lot of attention <laughs> for claiming that he hates the attention. I don't know, man. New York's always uh, New York is always about the latest new thing. And uh, I, I don't know. I feel like Aaron Rodgers and his new age, uh, his new age views on things on things might might be embraced by a lot of people up in New York. I I do wonder what does it mean? Do you think Zach Wilson just sits around as a backup quarterback and is all cool about it? Or do you think he ends up getting traded? I'm guessing. I'm guessing, considering what they invested in him, he'll be the backup, and they'll see him learning behind Rodgers and how he handles it. Rodgers doesn't seem like the best guy to learn from, and I remember. When he was with the Packers, that Brett Favre didn't help him at first, and hopefully Rogers learned from that, and he'll be happy to help uh, Zach Wilson because he certainly needs it. Now that would be the heat check for Eric Bieniemy. Ask that the Commanders trade for Zach Wilson. If he can fix Zach Wilson, he should be a head coach somewhere next year. Eric Bieniemy, <laughs> and that's that's what he should that's what he should look for. So we got the Rogers storyline, John. So you think he's gone? You think he? is a New York Jets quarterback. And meanwhile, I, the, to me, the even bigger news is Lamar Jackson, just because we never see this. And granted, it's sort of restricted free agency, not true unrestricted free agency, because the Ravens can match any offer to Jackson under this particular franchise tag. Um, but what are you? what do you expect to see? Do you think Lamar Jackson, do you think there's a Deshaun Watson or something close to it out there for Lamar Jackson on the open market? 
I'd be really surprised, guys, if somebody gave him $230 million guarantee. You know, the NFL is trying to tell players that the Watson situation was unprecedented. And if you do do that, you open up a whole can of worms, not just for your team, but the league. And if you sign him to a guaranteed contract and the Ravens decide to match it, then you set a precedent for your team and your players. And people, I've, I've been reading and listening to everybody, and they, they don't point out a lot that he's missed 10 games the last two years. He's won one playoff game. Yes, he's a great quarterback. He's a former MVP, still young. And uh, But if you're going to give him a fully guaranteed contract with the injuries that he's had and the style of play that he has, your boy, you, you, it could be turn out to be uh, cruising for a bruising. And so I can't wait to see. I'm guessing he's going back to the Ravens because otherwise they took those two ones. They could take a guy like Hendon Hooker, who I think is going in the first round despite coming off knee surgery, despite being 25 years old, because before he got hurt at the end of the year, he was a great prospect, and I think he'd be mentioned right up there in the others if he hadn't had the injury. And uh, But I still think – I'm told by everybody that I know up there that Harbaugh and Jackson have great respect for each other. This hasn't gotten ugly behind the scenes or publicly because it's just a case that he wants this and they don't want to give it to him. And uh, it would look weird if he was somewhere else. And now a lot of people are just going crazy because other teams are not lining up to sign into an offer sheet. John, we talked about this earlier, and it was that, you know, I'm, I'm A-OK with guys acting as their own agents if they're good at it and if it's the right situation. It feels like with this particular situation, I have no idea if Lamar Jackson is good at it or not otherwise, but it doesn't seem like the right situation. This seems like the exact type of situation where you want a guy with a, like a very firm and delicate hand that can manage and maneuver through like a, a pretty complex situation. Well, he's, he's like Laramie Tunsil. He's got it financial advisors and he's got the union and the union is going to advise him what's best for the, overall on players, not necessarily him. Maybe it's the union telling him, oh, man, keep, don't do it, don't do it till you get that guaranteed contract. You'd be a trendsetter. Well, actually, wouldn't. That would have been Deshaun Watson. And it's like, does Lamar Jackson do his own taxes? I'm guessing he's not. Does he invest his own money? I'm guessing not. So when you have a situation this big, that can take care of you for life and your kids and their kids. To me, you would want the best possible representation and you would not want to be involved in any way. Just tell me when uh, you think it's a good offer and I'll say yes or no, but he's chosen to do it the other way. John McClain joining us for his weekly visit. Um, so, uh, John, uh, what do you make of the Jimmy Garoppolo? Uh, in the building, there's a push for Jimmy Garoppolo with the Texans to start while a rookie quarterback. There are so many things, John, about this Jimmy Garoppolo rumor that does not pass the smell test for me, but I'm curious what you thought. when I know you've seen some of that news floating around out there. I have. That mean it's true. And uh, I tweeted last night, nothing would douse the D'Amico fire that rages for fans and media. Two things. Jimmy Garoppolo or Davis Mills going to start again. You know, Texans, that thing about 
they would draft a quarterback, I'm guessing it's talking about second overall, and let him sit. There's no reason to let a second overall pick sit. You may do it for like three games or something like that. And I don't know why Garoppolo would want to come to Houston knowing he's just a placeholder and they've got another quarterback they're ready to play. If I'm Garoppolo, I want to go somewhere where I have a chance to help a team get in the playoffs, and that would seem to me to be an NFC South team because the the Saints got their guy. Now the other three teams need their guy, and so he could go there for a couple of years, but you know he doesn't want to go in with the idea of just playing a year or two. He's looking for a home, and uh, there's 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 assistant coach. There's coaches all over the Texans organization. There's the general manager. They've all been associated with Garoppolo. They know how much he gets hurt, and uh, and I just I'd be stunned if they signed him. He's not going to be cheap. He's going to have offers. And uh, Bobby Sloan, the new coordinator, we're going to hear from at 10 a.m. today when he and the new defensive coordinator Matt Burke meet with the media. You know, Sloick worked with him for years on on Kyle Shanahan's staff, but I tell you, he doesn't float my boat. Hey, John, we talked about Matt Burke yesterday because um, there was an article written about him, as you've pointed out before, uh, that was titled The NFL's Most Interesting Man. I feel like Matt Burke probably has more of kind of like a quiet, introspective personality and that that article being titled what it was – is like a cross that he has to bear for the rest of his career where people have expectations that he's going to be like this uproarious, hilarious guy at a press conference. Is that, um, should we expect an uproarious, hilarious Matt Burke or is he more just a, a quiet guy that had a, an article with a bad title about him? Well, I tell you something interesting, and I don't know if it's in that article about he went to Dartmouth, he's climbed Kilimanjaro, he's been on safaris in Botswana and uh, does a lot of charity work in Uganda. He's done that in his life. And and uh, I watched all the episodes of Hard Knocks this year in season so I could see Watt and Hopkins. And Watt was coached by Matt Burke, so Burke was in it a lot. Yeah. And uh, he came off as a really good guy, a funny guy. Watt seemed to have great respect for him. He's the only person I know who make J.J. Watt cry like a baby, and he did when he surprised him at the end of the season, knowing he was retiring with a bunch of videos that he had gotten people to record, and J.J. just bawled like crazy. And uh, so for him to come here, the only connection that I know with D'Amico Ryans is Matt Burke was with Robert Sala one season as game management coach in 2021. And I'm guessing Robert gave him a great, recommendation you know he's he's it's funny he's 46 and he's already in his 20th year in the nfl he started with the titans as an administrative assistant it was there uh five years before he went to the lions and so i can't wait to talk to him and see how he comes off i'm interested in bobby slowing because you know i think D'Amico's going to call the defense we asked him that at the combine he wouldn't say he said i have confidence that Matt can do it, but Matt's only done it uh, in two years with the Dolphins at 17 and 18, where D'Amico, I, I just will be surprised if D'Amico's not doing it. So Bobby Slowick taking over the worst offense in team history, that's the one people are going to really be interested to hear. John McClain joining us for his weekly visit. Um, John, you mentioned the Combine, so we know the Texans sit at two right now. 
just generally speaking after the combine right now, how are you feeling about the Texans getting the player or a player, probably a quarterback, that they want, that fans will feel good about at two? Um, uh, Bryce Young didn't throw. You know, nobody needs the same throw. You watch any Alabama game last two years, same throw. He came off great. He handled all the questions about being undersized well. I was told in meetings that he was just blew everybody away. Sometimes they diagram two or three things, and he knew the answer to the next question before the question. He anticipated what the question was going to be. And uh, um, uh, I think I've talked about this before. I've been doing a talk show for years with a guy that's been doing it for 30 years in Alabama in Tuscaloosa. And he told me during the season of all the players who come through there, Bryce Young was the most impressive when he's at the podium talking and uh, he's like a coach. And I talked to Warren Moon about him. Warren said he started following his career in high school because he'd heard so much about him. And everybody raves, and I think size is not as big an issue. C.J. Stroud threw the ball really well. He should have thrown the ball really well because if you don't throw the ball well at the combine, something's wrong. And the pro days, it's even worse considering they're orchestrated for weeks. So Stroud, I don't. I think that Stroud or Bryce Young, one of those two, will be the Texans' pick. I've seen some people start to move Hendon Hooker up above Will Levis in some of their QB prospect rankings. Is that real, or do you think that's just uh, people trying to get clicks on their mock drafts? And Seth, I, I, I think Seth this that Hooker – who will be playing, he's not going to play as a rookie when he's 25, so he'll start when he's 26. And if he plays 10, to 10 years, then he's only 35, and today people are playing 35, is no big deal. You know, they want to push to 40. So I don't think his age is working against him. I don't, I don't see him going ahead of Levis. You know, Will Levis was the best interview at the Combine. I can see Nick Casario, if he were interested in Levis, cringing at what a great interview he was. And uh, <laughs> But he does. He's got a cannon. He showed it. He misfired on some throws. That was his issue, accuracy, just like Anthony Richardson. Uh, but I'd be surprised if Hooker went ahead of Levis. That's classic. He's way too interesting for Nick, huh? Is that is that the deal? Yeah, you know how Nick wants – Name, rank, and serial number. <laughs> yes. Um, John, uh, before we get you out of here, you do a lot of radio up in Nashville. Um, what are your thoughts? I, I know this is something that had already been talked about, but your your uh, colleague Jim Wyatt sort of reconfirmed it this week in a mailbag column that, yes, indeed, the Titans plan on using the Oiler uniforms in uh, in 2023. What are your thoughts on that? Well, they did it in their first preseason game. I was there, and I thought it was very cool. I've been waiting to do it. The problem up there, the fans don't care anything about the Oilers. Their throwbacks to them are the jerseys they had in 97 and 98 as the Tennessee Oilers. And Amy Adams Strunk lives here. She is very popular. She's not going to rub it in the Houston's face by wearing that jersey when the Texans are there. I just can't imagine she would do that. And uh, although I think it'd be pretty cool because it might take the rivalry, which has not been a great rivalry like you'd think it would have because both teams haven't been good at the same time competing and playing in the playoffs. But uh, I can't wait to see the Oilers uniforms. And a lot of people freak out because they they think they're Houston's. No, those uniforms belong to the Titans, not the, not the Texans.
Yeah, but you know how possessive well, I don't people think they're, are. They're not, getting up, they're not getting upset over intellectual property law. They're feeling like <laughs> that's the emotional property of the, of the Houston Oilers. I think they should do it every year. I think there's a lot of people love to see that Columbia blue, uh, or as Colombian blue as Bud Adams always called it. The, uh, John, do you think that, that this being a topic now has anything to do with the fact that the Texans, the Texans appear to be starting to move towards incorporating something close to Columbia blue in at least an alternate color scheme? We've seen the hoodies they put out and stuff like that. No, oh, I can't imagine. You don't no, think the Titans guy, are maybe like you're guy, infringing on our color scheme a little bit? No, because I've known the Titans were going to do that since the end of the season. Okay. Everybody up there knew it and okay. uh, that they were going to wear those throwback jerseys. Okay. I feel That's so you, not, it, it. Truthfully, there's a lot of people up there that already knew it. Yeah. It just hadn't been written because most people up there don't care about throwback jerseys. Yeah. It's like the Texans don't care here except when it's, except fans don't care here except when it involves. Columbia, Colombian blue. Okay, that's where I, that's where I don't get it. Is as far as the Adams family apparently still being as out to lunch as Bud Adams was on what the fans actually want. Because, like you said, nobody. Why the hell would anybody in Tennessee care about the old Oilers uniforms? It, it's is the is the Adams family has got their palms out asking for money for a new stadium. They're also saying, but by the way, we're going to go indulge in our own little personal nostalgia and watch our team play in the. Columbia Blue. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't get it. I man, I hope their. I hope their stadium bid fails and fails miserably. I hope they're playing in a shack of a I forty sometime in three years from now. The uh, Amy Adams is the member, owns the team, and she is very sharp, very popular, and the boy, the former Oilers, love her because she brings them up there every year for a reunion. Had a reunion here. She is nothing like her dad was. John McClain. Sounds like she cares a little too much about the Colombian blue. John- well, she grew, she grew up with it. That was her team and her colors. Evidently. Uh, John McClain joins us each and every week. You can get all his stuff, sportsradio610.com, gallerysports.com as well. John, oh, and by the way, the Utopia Football Podcast. We've, uh, we've already got our episodes recorded for this week. If you want to email John and I, mailbag at gmail.com. John, we appreciate it as always. Guys, thank you very much. Have a great rest of the week. You too. Thanks, John. Appreciate that. Seth, I actually put up a poll about this Oiler jersey thing, and I went on radio yesterday in Nashville about this. And oh, there did is, you? Yes. There is one big reason they, why. What do they have, like a hand crank that runs the transmitter they, there in there Nashville? Is, there is. I didn't ask. There is one big reason. man, man, let me go into a studio and shout into a can, <laughs> and then they put it into, they put it on a disc, and it came music. <laughs> There is one big reason why Titan fans are excited about this Oiler jersey thing. They told me what it was yesterday when I went on the radio in Nashville. I will tell you what it radio. is. Yeah, uh, when I went you. on the, when I went on the tin cans up in Nashville. <laughs> yeah, that's next. People are paying your Victrola. That's right. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Payne and Pendergast with you on a Wednesday. Big thanks to John McClain. So we, at the end of our conversation with John, we were talking about this, uh, the talk about the Titans wearing the Euler uniforms next year. He seems to think it's not going to happen against the Texans, like that the that Amy Adams Strunk is above that, that she wouldn't do something so petty as to use the Oiler uniforms in a he game involving to, a Houston team. I don't know. He, he talks about her like she's Mother Teresa or, or the Virgin Mary herself. Uh, sometimes when he speaks about Amy Adams Very Strunk, glowing terms. Self-elevated terms, yeah. So um, I, I'm playing wait and see on this whole thing. For what it's yeah. worth, though. I put up a poll, about 2,000 votes. It's still open for another few hours if you care to vote in it, but it's a pender poll for Houstonians. How do you feel about the likelihood of the Titans wearing the old Oiler uniforms in a game against the Texans this season? Three choices I put up. Um, One, it pisses me off. Two, I think it's pretty cool. Three, I don't really care. Uh, In a runaway, it pisses me off garnered the most votes 56.5% 37.1% don't really care yeah uh and then 6.4% say I think it's pretty cool I'm gonna put a little kind of caveat blend category of pisses me off and don't really care when I had people who replied to the tweet as opposed to voting they'd be like I get pissed off for about 10 seconds. Then I don't really care after yeah. that. <laughs> I'm like, that's, that's, that's not a choice. The old, the old, like, I don't, I don't care that she's with another guy. Right, He's right, right. Dumb anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was angry um, for like eight seconds. Now I don't care. <laughs> See if I care. I don't right. care at all. Right, right, right. Yeah. I'm just going to go drink 18 beers. <laughs> yes. So I, I think that you should have had another category. Okay, I was going to ask you, am I missing something here? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like instead of I don't care – it should have been something along the lines of, like, this could really blow up in the Titans' faces if they wear their throwback jerseys versus the Texans. Okay. Because, because as McLean, and, like, and I had said this yesterday, and McLean, um, McLean's got on the boots knowledge of this. People in Tennessee don't care about the Oilers' jerseys. So it's a, there's a, it's, it's a dumb of the Adams family if they do it because the upside is, okay, cool, you beat the Texans, nobody really cares about the jerseys anyway, or... The downside is you lose to the Texans and you did it wearing the old Oilers uniforms, which your fans were kind of confused about, but now it just feels like a Letterman jacket type of situation. Yeah, I went on Nashville radio yesterday with uh, Brent Doherty uh, and and, uh, his show, uh, Brent and Don Davenport and Ron Slay. Um, I went on their show on on 104.5 up in Nashville yesterday afternoon because I texted Brent during our show because when you were talking about this, about – people in Nashville and whether or not they care. I'm like, well, let's ask the people up in Nashville. And I texted Brent 
And he said, he texted me back. He's like, you know, I'm not really sure. We were a little wrapped up in the Titans possibly trading Derrick Henry yesterday. But he said, <laughs> yeah. but he said, he said, it's an interesting question. So I'll put it out there. He texts me back like two hours later. He's like, can you come on with us this afternoon and talk about this? Oh, okay. So I went on with them. And what I gathered, this is purely through Brent's prism that he's looking through and who he's talking with and his listeners, um, is that Titan fans don't really care that much about the Oilers jerseys unless they use them in a game against the Texans. And then it'll feel good that the knife is getting twisted into the heart of Houston. If they win. And again, I think maybe Titans fans are a little bit delusional about just what the state of their franchise is right now. Yeah. That, uh, look, you might be trading away Derrick Henry. You'll have, you won't have A.J. Brown for the second consecutive season. And you just released six players, some of them notable players, that from your, from your roster. That this might be a this might be a little bit of a reset year for the Tennessee Titans. So, um, yeah, okay. So I think we're we're in one of those situations where nobody really cares about it unless the other side cares about it, and then it and then it becomes an opportunity to to give a damn. This, yeah, I'm. Um, now I really want them to do it. Yeah, I do now too. I, now I really want them to wear the Oilers jerseys, and I need them to lose by like forty-eight points. Yes, it adds some juice to the game. It's a, that, of course they should do and, it. And that's what and that's what the players on the field for the Texans won't have any skin in the game either. Most of these guys, my God, these guys weren't even born yet, were they? When no. the Oilers moved, no, <laughs> feels so old. Yeah, All right. well, it was. I mean, so they made 1996. The, they, they, yeah, yeah, I mean, and they made the decision to do it like in '94, '95. You know, yeah. Was, but, and then when they actually moved, and so, so, and then very few guys would have been old enough or even watching football to to be aware of it all. So none of the guys on the field will care all that much about it. Um, but uh, I feel like if they if they take that on for the pride of the city, they'll be beloved for it. Yeah, they'll be uh, they will be embraced. You know, I'm sure Kenyon Green's. Dad or uncle or somebody has old Oilers jerseys laying around. So for some of those guys, uh, Jalen Petrie and whatnot, then it might matter to them. But uh, for the guys that weren't born in this area, it's uh, it's going to be mostly just no big deal. It matters to fathers of players who are from Houston. We're going to need Jalen Petrie's dad up there. We're going to need Kenyon Green's dad. Yes. We're going to need anybody from the greater Houston area who was also an Oilers fan to uh, to to go to that game. Yes. And stand there in their in their old Earl Campbell jersey. They should walk out with the captains to midfield with them. <laughs> Say this is why we're here with man. their Earl Campbell. Jerseys yes. On. Yes. Something. Yeah. yeah or Shirzy. But or then it's going to look like there's supporting the titans oh these bastards yeah adam's family they got me again damn it <laughs> yeah, they got you again yes <laughs> they get me every I'm always, time i'm always i'm always underestimating uh, underestimating <laughs> those blasted adams what <laughs> guy says shaking his fist like he's looking at a cloud i was just like uh, the villain in a in a scooby-doo cartoon yes yes i would have got if it weren't for you meddling kids meddling um, that's what it is meddling. meddling kids yep um by the way derrick henry um there were odds up yesterday on where where he plays next year if he's not with the Titans. I feel good about this. The team that I brought up as a hypothetical is at the top of this list, the Buffalo Bills at 3 to 1. Miami Dolphins 4 to 1. Giants at 6 to 1. I think that's out. They they franchise tag Saquon Barkley. Um the Texans are nowhere to be found on this list. There's about 12 teams on here. Um do you think the Titans end up trading Derrick Henry this offseason? I don't th- so. It's in the last year of his deal, he's set to make ten and a half million bucks. Unless they do it at a ten and a half million, okay. 
Um, let's remember what happened with Christian McCaffrey. Different type of running back, obviously. But Christian McCaffrey last year, who's got different skill set, but was very much a catalyst to the 49ers becoming a very good football team. I mean, it was as simple as that. Jimmy, I know a lot of people, uh, you know, act like Brock Purdy was way better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo looked a lot better after those first few weeks with Christian McCaffrey. And then he got injured, and then Brock Purdy, um, you know, benefited from McCaffrey being there. I think that if he gets traded, it's somewhat similar. Like, in a, because the, tech, the Titans are going to be struggling. I think Derrick Henry might have a couple little dings and bruises, and the Titans say, all right, you know what, shut him down. Let's get this guy on the trading blocks. And at some point, a playoff caliber team will trade for Derrick Henry. During so, the yes, season, he gets, yeah. He gets traded, but I don't think it's until in season. Because then, I mean, a team that feels like, he could be a catalyst to a Super Bowl run. They might give up something hefty for him, yeah. you know, a second and a third or something like that. Absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. The trade market might be better in season when you get some teams that are a little bit uh, little bit desperate. Um, by the way, for whatever reason, Jimmy Shapiro, who is uh, he's a PR guy who sends out all these odds throughout the week, for whatever reason, the one he sent out yesterday is all about guys who, uh, who are going to be playing. What team are they going to be playing for next? He's got Derrick Henry. James Harden's next team, which I'm assuming means next season, Philadelphia 76ers, minus 140, so a small favorite. Houston Rockets, plus 120. Any other team, plus 500, so, which is 5-1. to one. So pretty much the odds makers are saying it's a lean towards the Sixers, but, man, plus 120 to play for the Rockets is damn near a coin flip yeah. uh, that he comes back here. Yeah, I don't um, – I don't. It, it still, to me, feels like a lot of posturing. Uh, like, it's um, – it's, it's maybe a way to add one more team to the mix that if you can create the story that James Harden really would want to go to the Rockets for whatever reason, because he liked it. I know he loves the city of Houston, but he can love the city of Houston from his net jet uh, accessibility anytime he wants. I think it's pretty easy for James Harden to get around yeah. the country these days. Yeah. Uh, Lots of places in the country I love, but I don't necessarily want to go work there, um, especially if I'm capable of jumping on a Learjet at any given time. So I, I don't – if I had to bet on it or gamble on it, I wouldn't. I am starting to come around on it more in terms of something that would be a good shot in the arm for the franchise, but that also could be just giving these guys a taste of competitiveness. It's not like – I told you that one listener yesterday was upset with me because as I was saying that the the Rockets were rudderless, he felt like I was downplaying the significance of having John Lucas on uh, as as a mentor for these young guys. Look, there's only so much you can do when you don't actually have viable, good, professional basketball players on your team. Yep. And so part of the being rudderless is just that they're not going to be competitive, no matter who the coach is, until they get at least a couple of like impactful players on there, like veteran players who know what they're doing, not guys with just potential. And James Harden is probably the only guy of like the guys in that stratosphere that would be willing to entertain coming to Houston. Yes. So I get that. I understand that. Almost whether he's a good mentor or not, just by making it a better basketball team, the Shane Goons, the Jalen Greens, like all those guys end up being more engaged and getting a taste of success and becoming better. Yeah, I, you don't want them to become, to become desensitized to losing, and that's my fear right now. They've just been losing so much over these last yeah. three years. It's been, it's been a tough watch. All right, uh, Payne and Pendergast with you on a Wednesday. 
Um, we'll circle back to uh, Lamar Jackson at the top of the hour. Some more people tweeting, more players out there tweeting about the Lamar Jackson situation. Seth, I went to the rodeo last night. Ooh. New kids on the block. Yeah. They committed the Cardinal concert sin. Dude, of course they did. New kids on the block. We'll tell you what it was next. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, went to the uh, rodeo last night. Good time. Had by all. New kids on the block. So they, they do like one nostalgia act every year, it feels like. Now they had Kiss a few years ago. I've been to REO Speedwagon. Their journey was last year. This year it was new kids on the block who aren't really new and they're not really kids anymore. So it's a bit ironically named, but it's the full band. Like Donnie Wahlberg was up there doing his thing. Seth, here's the problem. Hmm. They, um, they committed the cardinal concert sin of a nostalgia act. They, Did they sing new songs? Not only did they sing new songs, they spent the first 20 minutes of the concert singing new songs, or at the very least, songs that nobody recognized. That's that's even dumber. Yes. Because, like, at the very least, you get get the crowd going and into it. You know, step by step, yeah. and then you and then you lead them into okay, maybe midway through, everybody's all feeling good and they're in the mood for something. You lead into it with a very specific song, um, but yeah, that's uh, that's really dumb. I'm surprised that they they probably do they not have that fat guy from Orlando managing them anymore? Did they not? What's what's wrong? These guys these guys are making their own decisions, right? I guess. They probably divorced themselves from whoever was taking like ninety percent of their money over the years. The problem is that now they're going to make like 5% of what they used to make because they don't have somebody giving them the right, the right advice. They played a pretty long show, too. Like they, yeah. went, they went what felt like rodeo long. Like if, 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 I'm sure most of the people listening to this show right now that are in Houston have been to, have been to the rodeo and, and been to the concerts at the rodeo. And typically a concert at the rodeo is going to be less time than if you would normally see a certain acting concert. They've only got so much yeah. time to do all these different events. Like I went to Zach Brown band on Sunday. They left at least four or five songs on, on the table that everybody knows. They just didn't have time to play them all because they only right. play for like an hour and change. It felt like new kids were up there for even longer. And maybe it's because they played a bunch of songs that people didn't know. Now I will say this, Seth, they is that tough up there. they were hanging tough. Now we had to wait till the very end to hear this, to, to hear hanging tough. That was the very last song. That's okay. I mean, you you should end the show on a song that everybody knows like that. Um, I will say this about the show and their decision to play a lot of new stuff at the beginning. They knew they were operating with a crowd that I'd say 50% of which were going to give them the benefit of the doubt on anything that they played. And by yeah, that, I mean yeah. housewives in their 40s and 50s and 60s. You know, They, they were going to throw their granny panties up on stage for whatever song was going to get played. Um so, so there's that. I will say this, too. I mean, th- these are guys who are in their mid-50s approaching 60 now. They did a hell of a job just in terms of the, f- the physical part of the show. You know, like all the, the dancing and the running around and everything else. You know, all those are things that, that get harder. Old? Yeah. Those guys are in their upper 50s? I thought they were like my age. Oh, my God. Are you really? looking? Are you looking up ages right now? 
I'm looking up Donnie Wahlberg. Yeah, yeah. Donnie Wahlberg's got to be at least 50. He's 53. 53, okay. Yeah, but upper 50s puts in 60s is a whole big Okay, it's well, it's, well they're, they're not that far off from it, though. I mean, 53 is a spring chicken, It better be. It better Everybody be. Everybody knows that. It better be. All the young girls go crazy over the 53-year-olds. Um, yeah. It was, the, um, it, was the first, it was the first rodeo concert that I've ever been to, Seth. No instruments up on stage. <laughs> None. Oh, yeah, yeah. They don't Zero. Have, you know what? I respect that. I respect that. They're not even pretending like they're an actual band. They're a, they are uh, dancers with a uh, with a good Vocals. sound mixer for their voices. Yes, yeah. yeah. Are you with me on what that? Is, uh, what's the what's the machine that makes their auto tune? Yeah, they're yeah. dancers with really good auto tune. That's right. Yeah. Um, now, once they got to the songs that everybody knew, then that was fun. You know that that really got me going. And overall, I had a great time. Like that's that's how I rate yep. things these days. Like, did I have a fun night? I had a hell of a fun night. I had a I had a fun night out there at the uh, at the rodeo. That's like my, my rating on Cocaine Bear. You know, when Landry started digging into it like Siskel and Ebert, I, I don't rate it like that. I just say, did I have a fun night at the movies? And the answer was yes. I had a fun night. I was with my wife. We drank some wine, and a bear ate a bunch of people in a movie. Yeah, that's fun. I feel um, I didn't want to be unfair to Landry. I I like I, I suspected. Sometimes I think that Landry starts off kind of uh, like predetermined to dislike something based on the fact that other people like it. Yeah. Um, like not dishonestly or anything or like not as a shtick. I just, they, he's kind of got a contrarian nature, but I don't sense that with cocaine bear, that was the actual deal. I think he just genuinely didn't like, no, it. I definitely don't think he liked it. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I, I'm with, I'm with you on that. Um, I predicted that he wouldn't like it based on what you just said, which is <laughs> he, he was going based on my glowing recommendation of it. <laughs> I knew he wouldn't like it. But. I don't, but the only thing I don't like is that sometimes Landry will refuse to believe that other people genuinely like things that he doesn't like. Yeah. But he at least, like, he understands that you actually liked cocaine. I liked there. it. I had a good time. Okay. I had fun watching. And, I, and, if, and if I'm here, here's the ultimate test for me on a movie. If I'm sitting yeah. at home and I'm flipping through the channels and I get to the HBOs and the showtimes and things like that. And if I see yeah. it's on there and it's a, just a lazy Saturday afternoon, will I stop and watch it? I would stop and watch Cocaine Bear. I would. Now, you know what? There's a you are you are a little bit like Landry in that you don't like you you seem to you almost like get peeved by the fact that people like the Big Lebowski. I see the anger in your face when people talk glowingly about the Big Lebowski and you act like Stupid, like, like like you're calling the people stupid, not you're, the movie. You're, I, I think you're you're partially right. I don't like. I didn't yeah. like the Big Lebowski, and a lot of it was because I hadn't seen. That was like one of the movies. Everybody's got a movie like that, Seth. That people you say you haven't seen it, and then they freak out like you haven't seen blah 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 blah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, and for me, yeah. the Big Lebowski was that for years, and I finally saw it like two years ago, and I think it was because it had been built up to be. This I don't think it's similar to what I did with Cocaine Bear. Like clearly, I'm watching Cocaine Bear and looking at it the same way people watch Sharknado. It was just yeah. a, a just a silly, stupid curiosity. People were positioning the Big Lebowski like it was this revolution of comedy that I was missing out on, and I just yeah, I, I, I never got there with it. I don't know if that that's the whole thing about the Big Lebowski. I think that that's where uh, the appeal isn't necessarily the comedy in it. Like there's some like there's some ludicrous things in it or like some absurd things in it that are funny but it's more like i would say a lot of the coen brother movies and a lot of like wes anderson movies 
you end up watching them multiple times because you're so intrigued by the characters themselves. Yeah. So it's the characters. It's you know John Goodman's character, and it's it's the Big Lebowski, and it's all those guys that I think that I like. That's the appeal to me, for me. Like I watch it multiple times, kind of figuring out like what's this guy actually thinking anyway. Yeah. So yeah, you got to watch. So Sean, all I'm telling you is that you have to watch the Big Lebowski seven again? times again, seven yeah. times, seven times. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Um, I'm There's just something about it when you're watching. You're like, I don't know why I like this movie, but I like it. So I'm gonna have to watch it seven more times. Do to I? Would it out help? I like would it, it help? I, mean, I, I ask you this, having watched it once already, but I don't remember much from it. Would it help if I were in a uh, chemically altered state watching that movie? I don't know. No, I don't think it's a movie that like some movies. You can tell, okay, like only stoners really like this movie. Yeah. It's because if you watch it while you're high, it's a whole different experience. Yeah, I don't sense um, the Big Lebowski is that kind of movie. I, no, well, yeah, it's definitely not like that. Yeah, because yeah. I was like, uh, when I fell in love with that movie, I was as clean as a whistle in, in every way possible. Right, right. So, um, yeah, I don't, uh, I think, I don't know. I, I can't wait. I'm the same way with Wes Anderson movies because a lot of people don't like Wes Anderson movies. Um, and I love them, but I can't exactly tell you why. Right, right. Um, I'm flying to New York right after the show today for Lopez's son's wedding. Guess who's on my flight today? Rich Lord. I don't know. Rich Lord. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, he's coming up for the wedding? He's not, actually. Oh. Um, I, it was his birthday yesterday, and uh, I saw on uh, Facebook, I got home last night, you know, 11, 11.30 after the rodeo, and I just did a run through Facebook just to see what was happening, you know, because that, that really helps you sleep at night if you run through social media right before your head hits the pillow. Um, and I saw that it was Rich's birthday yesterday, so I sent a quick text to him, and he was still up. And I said, happy birthday. I uh, hope you're doing well. And he texted me back. He said, I'm doing great. Going up to Brooklyn for the Atlantic 10 basketball tournament tomorrow, which is today. Oh, yeah, he does that. He yeah. goes every year because he's a, a, he's a proud Dayton flyer. Um, and I said... <laughs> Amy and I are going to New York tomorrow as well for Lopez's son's wedding. And he says, you wouldn't happen to be on such and such flight out of a uh, hobby, would you? And I said, we would happen to be on that flight. And he said, awesome. Me and Jenny are on that flight. So we get to see Rich and Jenny today at, at the airport. They're on the same oh, cool. flight as us. Yeah. Wait, so that means you're not going to be on the show tomorrow. Okay. I got to prepare for that. <laughs> All right. Hey, or Friday. Who am I with? Or Monday. I think Sean Bajani. Pretty you're, sure. You're not here Monday either? No. Okay. No, we're staying up there for the weekend. We got a lot of stuff planned. We're going to a show. We're going to a show on Thursday. Um, we're having lunch on Friday with our good friend Lisa Ann. Um, we've got the wedding rehearsal on Friday. We've got the wedding itself on Saturday. We're going to a New Jersey Devils game on Sunday with uh, former Rocket CEO Tad Brown, who's now the oh. CEO of the New Jersey Devils and the Philadelphia 76ers. Oh, that's what he's up to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, he does the Devils and the 60s? Owned and by the, the same guy, yeah. He's the CEO for both of them? Yeah. Yeah. Where does he live? Does he live closer to the Devils or the think, Sixers? No, he lives in New York City. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So he lives way away from the Sixers. Yeah, yeah. I think he lives in Soho. I'm not totally sure. I, I'm trying oh, to remember. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think. Maybe I should become a team president for an NBA team. You should. Ben, NHL put that on team. the – Ben, that list you have on the wall in there of things Seth should do. Add a CEO of a professional sports team to that. Can you write that down? Okay, good. I told you, I'm pretty sure, based on your face analysis, that I could sell that to an NFL team. I could sell that. I could sell that. I would just tell them that it's, um, it's artificial intelligence driven. <laughs> it's, uh, it's an AI-backed, uh, endorsed by multiple 
Princeton grads or something like that. Yes. Or I'll find some guy from Harvard to claim he's the CEO. Is there a study? And totally it, buy it. Is there a scientific discipline that it's called? Is there an ology that it's called? That- Phrenology was the old school uh, analyzing of the bumps on people's heads to okay. determine their personality types. I'll just revamp it as something like that. Yeah. Phrenology? Uh, I've never phrenology, heard of that. P- PH. You didn't? No. Oh really? I've never heard oh, okay. that word before. Yeah. Uh yeah, phrenology. It's the it was like uh you know, widely discredited. It was basically like astrology but with bumps on your head. <laughs> it was when people started realizing like, hey, this old brain thinking, this old brain thinking might have something to do with stuff. Um they let's oh, see. Man. The detailed study of the shape and size of the cranium okay. as a supposed indication of character and mental abilities. Really? Okay. Well, now I'm totally... It was uh, also, remember, this is like in the late 1800s, so they also used it totally to justify various racist uh, <laughs> sure, yeah. beliefs about anything, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hopefully we've gotten rid of phrenology. Um, all right. Um, well, we had, but this is a newer, better version, okay? <laughs> but, uh, yes, no, no implicit bias here. Nope. This is all going to be based on AI, remember, Sean? That's AI. right. No, I know, yeah. Phrenology. You slap re- AI on anything right now, and some, some goon in charge of a, a hedge fund is going to pay some money for it. 100%. All right, a uh, Texans legend weighs in on the Lamar Jackson situation. Is this shade at the league? That is next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.